I mean, that's a big part of leadership and uh, you have to be able to understand who you're working with and how they communicate, how they, uh, what their strengths are and, um, you know, work on those. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hey, our sponsor for the show today is Pine Financial Group, the leader in hard money lending in Colorado and Minnesota. And they were recently approved to offer their investment publicly. This investment offers only for investors in Colorado and Minnesota and is only made through their investment prospectus. Get your copy today. Simply visit www.pineinvestments.com and click to get started. Look, there's a reason why some of the wealthiest people in history invest in loans backed by real estate. Learn more about the risks and returns at www.pineinvestments.com. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexammer, with another Hump Day Hustle. And today I've got John Stiles on. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing great today, Todd. It's a good day to be alive. Absolutely. Well, thanks for uh, coming back. We're going to be doing a book review on a book that we both recently went through. And, uh, you know, Happy New Year to you. This is going to be released on New Year's. Obviously, it's not New Year's Day right now. We're not recording on New Year's, but Happy New Year's to you. It's going to be an awesome 2020. I'm really looking forward to it. For sure. Yeah, 2020 is going to be a game changer. It's a new decade. So definitely. It's a new decade. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. (laughs) Time to. Step it up a notch, right? There you go. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, and and here's the thing. I've never been a big uh, year-end type of type of person because I believe that you should be busting your butt every day. Doesn't matter when it is. Like uh, everybody always plans their goals. A lot of people plan them months in advance for the next year. Uh, I'm not a big believer in that. I plan my 2020 goals maybe a week or so before. And so that's kind of where, what I'm going through or what I've been going through and, and really just kind of finished off as my goal planning for 2020 and, and beyond and uh, kind of reflecting, but you know, it, it depends on, it works for people different ways. So if it works for you to, to kind of reset as the year ends and comes in uh, that works, if that works for you, great, do it. I'm a big proponent of, Let's make sure we make every year, every day, every minute a good minute, you know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the downfall of only setting goals at the new year is that, well, you wait till December 25th to, to you know, try to meet the goals and then by then it's too late. So, yeah. But at the same time, you know, that's, the, that's important too, John, what you just said there is you got to be always looking and reflecting on your goals. Like, you should be pulling those goals up. If not daily, you should be pulling them up weekly and going, okay, how am I, how am I coming on these? You know, am I accomplishing them? Okay. What are the five steps I need to take this week to make sure I'm working towards those goals? Okay. I did get distracted, uh, but what do I need to do to refocus? Yep. Yep. For sure. Cool. Well, let's dive in. We're going to talk about uh, the book extreme ownership by uh, Jocko Willink and Leif Babin Babins. I think. Yep. Is that what it is? Yep. Um, what'd you think of the book? I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, it's definitely you know, intense. 
right? Those guys are very intense. For sure, yeah. Ex-Navy SEAL guys, I guess you would only expect them to be intense. I read uh, or listened to David Goggins' book. Um, oh, I can't recall the name, but I'll, I'll, I'll look it up and, and think about it. He's a Na- Navy SEAL, too. And same thing, very intense. So that's what you expect from a Navy SEAL. Yeah. Yeah, there some great stories uh, throughout the book. Almost wants you, almost makes you want to go and uh, watch a, a good war movie. Um, <laughs> after the fact yeah can't hurt me is the david goggins book and i thought that was excellent as well but a lot of just stories but very intense and these guys uh you know jocko and Leif are, are very intense as well so yeah a yep. lot of good stories uh war stories i did feel at times i got a little disconnected from the book listening to the war stories and like being like into the war stories but yet not really relating to them to the topic they were talking about uh, at times, but you know, it was still entertaining. Yeah. Well, and, and I really appreciate when r- authors can use stories to, to make a point because I felt they did bring it back. Um, maybe you didn't understand it at first, Yeah. Um, but they did bring it back. They did apply it. They did bring out principles from their experiences. And so that was really important. Yeah. Yeah. The overall, just so people know the overall kind of topic of the book is extreme ownership and it's about owning your mistakes. It's about owning the responsibilities. And look, if you are the leader, if you're a true leader, it's nobody else's fault, but your own, you have to take responsibility. And I had to look at it recently. I had to let go of property management company and I had to really reflect and go, okay, I can sit here and blame the property management company and sit here and say that that was, it was their fault they did things wrong and that's why the property, but ultimately it's my fault. It falls on my shoulders. I am the leader. I'm the asset manager. I am, you know, the main owner, sorry, I shouldn't say main owner, but the general partner of this property and it falls on me. So what were the decisions I made that led to the failure of the property management company? And, you know, when I look back at it, I, I had to you had to really realize that I probably didn't set them up for as much success as what I could have from the very start. And when you don't start out right, you typically don't, you know, it's hard, it's hard to trend in the right direction. So I didn't have a lot of the checks and balances in place. I don't think I portrayed my vision to them as, as well as I needed. I don't think I it really pressed upon them of the importance of getting some of these renovations done early and often I would rather have them sit vacant than not be ready when people do want to rent. Uh, we ran into that and that was a big part of some of these problems and the hiring. And so there's just a lot of different problems that came about with this management company. That ultimately, I said I had, to, I had to move on with them. But when I look at it, that was my fault from the beginning of not setting them up for the success that I wanted and envisioned. Um, so, so yeah, I think that was the overarching kind of, you know, theme of the book is, look, you, you have to take ownership uh, and you're going to have, not only is that going to help your success, but it's going to help your entire team's success as well. Yep. And I, I think it just uh, really goes against what our natural inclination is. Our natural tendency is to blame everyone and everything around us. 
And what was really kind of eye-opening for me in this book is that it's not just people who are maybe underneath you that you're in charge of, but it's also people to the side of you. It's also people above you. And whatever the situation is, you need to make sure that your colleagues understand the situation a way, you know, the way best to work together, the, your boss, you know, if you're self-employed, maybe, maybe you don't have a boss, but there's, um, for me, for example, in, um, I'm a real estate agent, but I'm part of a brokerage. So there might be some things that I might not like about the broker, what he's doing, but I can't just sit here and think, well, you know, if they would only do things differently, then I would be successful. Well, maybe I need to communicate this stuff with the broker and, you know, you have to give feedback up and down the chain of command. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and ultimately if you're a business owner, you do have a boss, it's called your clients, right? Sure. And yep. If you're not making money, well, then you got to decide what you got to take ownership. You got to decide what you're doing wrong. Is it your marketing or maybe it's, it's how you're reacting and acting with your clients. I mean, somehow it's, it's because your boss is not, you know, either doesn't know who you are or doesn't like who you are, or, you know, doesn't hear from you enough or whatever it is. But ultimately uh, it's, it's your own responsibility to figure that out, whether, you know, you're working for a company or whether you are the, the head of the company. Yep, for sure. Hey, let's take a minute to thank our sponsor, Pine Financial Group. Look, you work hard for your money. Is your money working hard for you? Because of inflation, money sitting idle erodes your wealth. Many investors understand that real estate is a great investment, but may not want the effort or the risk that comes with owning their own property. They want to sit back and have payments, hit their bank account each and every month. Stop eroding your wealth and start building it by asking your money to work for you. You should be earning profits while you sleep in investment backed by real estate. Pine Financial Group, the leader in hard money lending in Colorado and Minnesota, was recently approved to offer their investment publicly. This investment offers only for investors in Colorado and Minnesota and is only made through the investment prospectus. Get your copy today. Simply visit www.pineinvestments.com and click to get started. There's a reason why some of the wealthiest people in history invest in loans backed by real estate. Learn more about the risks and returns at www.pineinvestments.com. It's www.pineinvestments.com. Yeah, the I mean one of the theme one of the things they talked about was there's no bad teams, there's only bad leaders. So a lot of times you might blame the team. Um, they gave the example of you know, SEALs going through their, um, I forget the exact name, but, you know, their SEAL training. Um, and they had these different teams in there and and they put a lot of pressure on whichever team is falling behind, whichever team is last. You do not want to be last in the, in this training. Um, and yeah. they ended during, up... During Hell Week, right? They call it Hell right, Week. Right. Um, so they ended up changing the leaders from the best team and the worst team. And... It, it all came down to the leaders, you know, the best team still did really great, even with the worst leader, you know, yeah. um, because they were originally trained by a really great leader. And that worst team became really great because they were, you know, had a, a new 
great leader. So it came down to the leadership there. Yeah, I really like that example. What was it? The were they carrying boats or something and running yep. and and yep. you know the the team that was always coming in last place and had this leader that was just badgering them and wasn't doing a good job leading. Um, they were always coming in last, and then there was another team that was always coming in first and had a, another really had a strong leader, and they switched the leaders and the team that was coming in last they did they went they won that right or maybe they they either came first or second they were really it it was just like wow that's uh that's pretty crazy to think like that little bit of change sometimes can make a big difference and it's all about that leadership it's not like the people were were somehow worse it was that the leader wasn't doing what they needed to do they just blamed everybody else yep um, what other takes did you have from the book? Anything else? Um, I, you know, I think, like I mentioned, it's just, um, it's, I think before I was thinking in terms of just leading down the chain of command and whoever I'm, uh, maybe hiring or, um, whoever's in my team, I need to make sure they are, uh, doing what they should. And, and obviously that's a good part of it, but, um, then looking outwards uh, and upwards, uh, I think that was a really big eye opener for me. Ex- explain what that means. Uh, looking outwards and upwards. Yeah. So the people who, um, so he he gave the example of two different uh, divisions of a company where they're they're basically separated, but they they rely on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, one of them you know, was dissatisfied with the service provided by the other. And so what do they do? They just complained and they're like, oh, they're such a terrible company or division, you know, and they're not doing what they should be doing. Well, when they went through this training that, uh, you know, the authors offer um, about extreme ownership, then they, they gain a new, um, you know, perspective that even though it's a different division, pretty well separated, you know, it is the same company with them. And so that means they have the same goals. They're all trying to, um, you know, make money for the company and be successful. Um, so instead of bickering and instead of blaming, they can, um, you know, talk to each other, meet with each other, see, uh, what ways they can help each other out. Um, and he also, uh, going back to the military and, um, you know, there's different branches in the military, obviously, um, and they have to work alongside each other. Um, and there's times when, um, you know, one, one branch or one person might want to tell the other what to do, but they can't, they're not in authority, but they can use influence and they can build relationships and they can have understanding, um, so that when it comes time where they really want to get their point across, um, they can, you know, they can do that effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and that happens, you know, in businesses a lot when you have mergers, um, you know, or, or just a new acquisition of, of some sort. And, you know, people have different expectations. The company was run a certain way and now this new company takes over uh, new leadership, whatever. And we have some, some budding of heads. Um, I, what I thought, uh, was interesting. I can't remember the exact number. I think they, they said, you know, you can't effectively lead a large team. Um, then they, 
they said basically, you know, you're, you're only going to be effective at leading. I think it was like five to 10 people. It was a fairly small number. And beyond that, you need other people to then to lead. So you have to have tiers, you have to have steps. Um, you can't just assume that you can lead a, a large team of 30, 40 people and be effective at it. So I thought that was really interesting. And I guess, you know, when you look at uh, companies, you, you look at, look at pro sports teams. I mean, you have a head coach, right. And he leads everybody, but does he really lead everybody? Yeah. I mean, kind of, but you also have all these other coaches set up or, you know, you have all these assistant coaches and um, you know, different coaches for different positions and, you know, any, any sports it's very similar. So businesses, sports are all the same. Uh, the leaders are only leading a small group of people. Yep. Yep. So that's, that's just kind of telling for our interpersonal relationships. They, I mean, that's a big part of leadership and uh, you have to be able to understand who you're working with and how they communicate, how they, uh, what their strengths are and, um, you know, work on those. What I, and what I don't think that means is that if you're, you know, let's say you're building a company that's, that's larger, um, like some of us are trying to do, it doesn't mean that you should be ignoring um, those who you're not leading. You know, it doesn't mean that just because you're the, maybe the CEO and you've got, you know, five or six, you know, managers directly underneath you that you talk to on more of a daily basis, doesn't mean you shouldn't communicate with, you know, maybe some of the lower end employees that are, you know, on the floor or whatever in the, in the trenches, that doesn't necessarily mean that it just means that you're, you're really only leading those managers. Um, You still should communicate. You still should be open with the rest of the company. Um, But I think that's an important distinction to make that it doesn't mean that you should just ignore everybody else. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of value from understanding you know, the boots on the ground perspective yeah. um, and uh, having that influence your decisions at the higher level of how you're operating the company. Awesome. John, anything else? No, I, I mean, I guess I would just say this definitely stays on the list of books that I want to keep and, and revisit. Um, yeah. Definitely, you can get something in from it each time you go through it. And then it's good to just be reminded and, um, you know, stay in tune with this, this idea. Yeah. A lot of, uh, you know, fairly, fairly simple, um, book as far as just like the overarching, you know, taking extreme ownership, uh, in leadership, but a lot of good, valuable points along the way. And a lot of good stories that kind of lead you into understanding what they're talking about. Uh, plus exciting stories. If you do like that kind of, you know, war type stories, um, they talk a lot about their, their time over in, uh, you know, over, overseas, uh, in, you know, the middle East. So a lot of, a lot of exciting stories there and Holy cow, man, that is just crazy to hear some of that stuff that will that happen and just hard to believe, you know, obviously you kind of know it, you kind of hear it, but uh, we're so, insulated here especially uh us in like minnesota where you know we're nowhere near any <laughs> any real threats um you're just kind of insulated so yeah for sure cool well john appreciate it you have a fantastic rest of the day happy new year's to you 
Uh, best of luck in 2020. We'll be catching up. Talk to you soon. All right, you too. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. A couple things before we go. Again, go on to our Facebook page, Pillars of Wealth. We'd love to have you on there. Go on to iTunes, give us a rating and review, and subscribe to the show. Also, um, you know, don't forget, reach out to me if you want any help with uh, potentially growing your business, and reach out to John Styles to help you buy or sell real estate. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Have a fantastic the rest of the day. And as I say, make every day a Saturday.